Hi, this is Theo, and you are listening to a special edition of Between Two Trains. This week we bring you all the candidates for Shambly City Council. And now, Between Two Trains. We're here again with Between Two Trains, interviewing another one of our council candidates. Today we have uh, Stephen Watson, who lives in Huntley Hills. Stephen, welcome to Between Two Trains. Thank you, man. So let's start off, uh, since we want the public to know who you are, why don't you tell us, you know, city council is a part-time gig. You have to have a job other than that. What's your profession? Uh, Currently, and actually ever since I graduated from Georgia State in 77, I've been doing computer consulting, programming, architecture, and pre-sales for my entire life and it's always paid the bills. I can recommend to anyone graduating from college, computer science is a worthwhile field. The money is pretty good. You're almost always guaranteed a job. Um, In over 40 years, I've only been looking for a job for five months out of that that time, so. So, uh, I like your story because you are going to be a little different than pretty much any of our other candidates. The question is, how long have you lived in Shambly? In Shambly, we actually moved in when the house was brand new in 64. That's 1964, obviously. Um, My dad um, originally bought the house on Admiral Way. Um, I was in the fourth grade. And we went to, my sister and I both went to Huntley Hills. I think I was in like the third graduating class out of Huntley Hills. Went to Shambly High School because there was no middle school back then. Graduated from the, um, I guess the post Pearl Harbor uh, version of the Shambly High School. Um, They had just built the new wing on Stadium Drive when I graduated. So I graduated from there in 73 and then went to Georgia State. Well, and I was still living at home because Georgia State was a commuter college back then. There was no dorms. So went to um, Georgia State, originally a chemistry major, still not real estate like all the other council people usually, but um, delved into computer science as a language, loved it. And you have to remember, this is when computers were actually big room computers. There was no personal computer at that time. So we were doing some extremely large um, machines, Honeywells and Univacs at that particular point. So graduated from um, from Georgia State and immediately the next day went to work at the power company. Enjoyed that gig for almost 12 years, working for both Georgia Power and Southern Company Services. Um, Then almost immediately went to contract with General Electric um, and did that gig for about 12 years. Um, Got laid off and then went to um, a a small software company here that does mainframe um, commercial software. Did that gig for 12 years. Now, is that when you moved back into... Well, after... As an adult, you moved back into Holly Hills, right? Yeah, after about three years after I graduated from college, I moved to Norcross. 
um, grew, outgrew that house, a starter house in, in Norcross, um, moved to Stone Mountain. And then once my wife slash first kid came along, um, we decided we needed to move, move someplace else. We looked in Alpharetta, but my dad said, hey, well, I'll give you the house if you buy your sister out of her half. We couldn't turn down the deal. We moved back in. That was about 94. So And raised both of your kids both in the same them. house that you grew up in. Right. My son started out in my room. My daughter uh, then moved into that room, and he moved up to my sister's room. They both went to Huntley Hills. Nicholas actually went to Kittredge through the magnet program. Um, my daughter went through the, the resident program of um, Huntley Hills, then Shambly Middle, and then Shambly High School. My son graduated from UGA a couple of years ago and is a journalist up in Gainesville. My daughter is a senior in uh, Georgia State University, or sorry, Georgia Southern Ah, University. my alma mater, that's where I went. <laughs> in early childhood development. So she's going to hopefully come back into town and do her internship and find a job here. Let's talk now a little bit about politics. What prompted your decision to run for local Chambly office? Um, probably two, two big, uh, I guess, things that I thought were important. Number one, I believe that everybody should run with an opponent. Um, I actually went into the race ready to run either in District 2, I guess, against Leslie or Open, depending on who didn't have a candidate. So that was, that was the reason I ended up uh, running in the Open seat. Um, but I thought no one deserved a free shot at another four years. Mm -hmm. um, second, I had become active in the community and get, trying to get community involvement, especially through Nextdoor and other, other areas, trying to get people to voice their concerns or voice their opinions. When the Holiday Inn came up for all of its variances, and at that time the height was uh, a considerable variance because it, it was only four stories back then instead of the seven, I think, now in CC. So that was the first one. I thought the property was too small for the, the hotel. I thought, you know, I got a lot of explanations about, you know, why it needed to go in, um, but was active and saw a lot of things going on that I thought, is this really the way the council should be acting? The second project that I really was concerned about was the apartments um, that were rezoned uh, between North Shalliford and North Peachtree, what they called the Savoy Drive area um, rezoning. And it was um, older apartments that were all in R2, directly across the street from Huntley Hills in R1, and they wanted to make them CC. So um, I had a letter writing campaign. They heard from me. They, they probably got thought I was being obnoxious because I wrote them so much. But um, I figured they needed to hear from the um, people most affected by it. 
And um, hopefully, at least they, they heard, nothing happened because it was approved without, pretty much without comment. Let's change gears and talk. You know, this uh, podcast that we do um, interviews business owners, so I'm pretty passionate about our business community. Um, how do you feel about the business community? Do you think Chambly is a business-friendly city? Um, of course, I guess it depends on what you consider by um, business. If you're talking about the business of being an um, apartment owner, um, some of the multi-family uh, dwellings that, you know, the owner of those, those um, probably you have to put in a separate category from the small business owner. I myself have a small business. Uh, when I actually go out and contract for computer consulting, I'm a, oh, it's an LLC, sole proprietorship. Um, those kind of businesses, I think, deserve um, as much help as the city can provide. However, I don't think the city has the obligation to make sure they make a profit. You've kind of taken some of my next question because um, we have seen a lot of development going on in Chambly and that's caused the valuations of properties to go up, commercial properties I'm talking about, and rents are rising with that uh, for business owners. And that's obviously causing a real challenge for the mom and pop uh, business. And so. You mentioned, you know, the city and their obligations. So do you feel the city needs to mitigate the rise in rents for businesses uh, that have been, you know, these small mom and pops have been the backbone of our community for decades? What's your feeling on what the city should or should not participate in? Um, good, bad, or indifferent. My opinion has always been that the city should, should assist the owners in understanding the law, understanding the lay of the land, understanding the process, but the city should be hands-off, I think, in the business matters, the financial matters, and um, the, the, the businesses are pretty much on their own to make it or not. Now, the city shouldn't put up obstacles. I mean, a lot of people have problems, uh, especially in all the new development with parking. And you keep stealing all my questions <laughs> um, because that was really the next thing I wanted to talk about was with all the stuff going on commercially downtown, parking does seem to be limited and a, and a real challenge for some of these business owners. What transportation alternatives do you see as a good solution for the city to try to go after? Um, I was a, uh, a constant user of MARTA. When I worked downtown, I worked for the Department of Labor for five years um, between some of these other gigs. And um, I took the, I, I actually ended up driving one time out of those five years. I took the train every day back and forth, it was by far the fastest and cheapest way if you work downtown. But then again, everybody says, Marta's good if you want to go downtown or back, but it's not really good for going really east and west. Now, 
who knows what's going to happen with the transportation hubs up in 285, the express lanes and all those things, because we won't even see the picture, I guess, until next year. But um, as far as downtown is concerned, you know, they have plans for doing, for taking some of the city-owned and putting up uh, garages or parking garages, which should help. Um, I was looking at the Pruitt uh, building today and wondered why the city was only going after 11 outside parking spots when they could say, okay, let's, you know, can you make the first floor, first two floors available after six? Um, I know it creates some liability problems for them, but they could actually operate that as a money-making business charge. Two or three dollars, people would pay it to be able to walk to, you know, Blue Top or the Himalaya. It would be a lot closer. I also wonder about Norfolk Southern, if there was any way to do something with them and use their parking lot, because there's not a whole lot of people there after hours. Uh, the switch yard doesn't seem to run constantly so a lot of communities are doing stuff with electric scooters but there's also been a lot of backlash where people don't like them and feel like you know what, what's your view on should Chambly Institute electric scooters for people to get around or um, I, I like guess if you or? could I guess you could you could you could partner with uh, these these public sort of public entities that either rent bicycles or scooters. Um, obviously, the sidewalks have to be up to snuff if you're going to allow them to be on the sidewalks. Um, I was always interested with the, the elect electric car or electric bus that they had planned for downtown Shambly, which I, I supported as long as it didn't get in the way of other traffic. It didn't slow it down appreciably. Of course, they put so many stop signs in Shambly now that you can't really go fast through Shambly anymore. I've, I've seen some communities have designated parking spots for Uber, like drop-off points for Uber, so that it makes it easy for people to say, okay, is that something we should add to our plans? Um, it, it probably would help. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, actually plan using Uber when they go to dinner or go drinking. Um, so if there was some place in the city center, some place around um, City Hall, if, and especially if it moves into the new locations, um, would probably be appropriate. Uh, but again, you know, this walkability, the, the, the ability to walk to different places is a nice concept. Um, a lot of the, the population is a little bit older, probably walk a little bit less. Um, and during the winter, I, yeah, I saw a, a marked decrease in the number of users of MARTA, and it's going to be the same thing with the, the walkability part. Let's change gears a little and talk about uh, residential properties. Over the last few years, we've seen uh, the housing prices uh, go up. Um, and But we've also seen a lot of younger uh, people move into Shambly, that younger millennial uh, population. And what, as a financial planner, what I've noticed is that the younger person who buys a home and sees their property appreciate loves it because they're building net worth and they see that their net worth is growing. But older people like you and I, 
look at it as just an increase in property taxes. So, you know, what solutions would you support to make sure that we continue to see the increase in property values while also ensuring people like our senior citizens are not priced out of, you know, the market? Yeah, the... You're, you're right in saying there's probably two different sets of people. There's one that wants their property to increase in value. And obviously, I don't want to see my property decrease, but yeah, I'm in the second set that says every time I have to go to DeKalb County to protest my property taxes, it just costs me, you know, a day and, and some aggravation. Um, I've always figured that uh, I'm going to die in that house. I mean, that, that's, that is my final house, and I'm going to leave it to the kids, and they can decide who wants to live in the house. Um, so property value there, it's more, to me, more a quality of life question than actually a property value. I think the property values have been held up fairly well with the people coming in, not um, tear down and replace, but actually come in and renovate, even though it might be a total gut of the property. Uh, there's been two on my street recently that um, the developer came in and put probably over 100000 into the house um, and at least in one case got the money back out. So um, for people who can afford that, that's fine. The affordability question for seniors or people who are getting older um, is a tough one because you have exactly the same thing with all the commercial developments that are coming up. When you have a, a multifamily dwelling comes up that's all luxury um, and it's built on top of what was perhaps more affordable housing, um, you have to question, does the, you know, does the city have a thoughtful process to replace that, um, I guess, low-income housing, even though that sort of has a stigma behind it, um, or affordable housing and have a, have a true uh, thoughtful way forward to making that happen, whether it be via the city codes, the UDO, or um, financial, financial projects. If you're elected, what do you want to try to accomplish over the next four years? Well, like I said, I, I, I think the most important thing is livability for the citizens. Um, the people who actually have a vote in the community. Um, there's been a lot of question whether developers run the city or not. Um, whether the, the, count, the current council actually allows them a little more leniency since most, a lot of the, the current council are, are real estate um, professionals at one time or another. Um, but I really want to concentrate on the fact that you know, everybody has to understand that a developer can buy property. He can build whatever is legally allowed according to the UDO, and the council doesn't have a lot to say about it. It's when they get into variances, uh, when they approve variances, especially buffers, buffers going up against uh, a different zoning category, um, those type of things that you really have to look and perhaps push back on the, 
the, even the staff at the development um, departments about, is this truly a hardship? Um, does it really meet the criteria of approving a variance? Well, uh, let us um, end the, the podcast here on one final uh, opportunity for you to tell the listeners why they should elect you as their next city council representative. Okay. Um, the, uh, the sales pitch, the elevator. Um, I, I truly believe that, that Shambly and, and other people at, at work have, have sort of kidded that, you know, that you ought to, ought to use the make Shambly great again slogan, but they wanted to make sure that it was qualified that covered everybody with hope and change. So they, they wanted to combine Trump's and Obama's. Um, I really believe that the current crisis here is how fast it's, it's developing, so I would like to look at how you can slow that down. And I would really like to concentrate on livability, how people, how the city can actually develop the way the developers who have the right to build um, on their property and how they mesh with the current citizens that have lived there and will continue living there perhaps way, belong, way up further than the actual building will. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, good luck in November. We'll be watching closely to see the outcome. Thank you, Van. And if anybody, one more. Yeah, one more. Um, if you want to, to see more about some of the things that um, are questions that have been put to me before in written form, uh, you can look at the website, watsonforshamblycitycouncil.com. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen.